1: It's Thursday, May 5th.
0: From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Learn how Steamfitters can benefit your business at steamfitters-602.org. Here
1: are the stories we're working on today. Teachers have had enough. The Montgomery County Teachers Union says resignations and retirements will be higher than ever due to teachers feeling undervalued and overworked, with many planning to leave mid-career. We go into the numbers and speak with the president of the American Federation of Teachers, Randy Weingarten, who joins us to talk about what other D.C. area school districts are seeing.
2: What we know is that there's a bigger problem than there's been in a very, very long time.
0: And from one essential worker to another, frustrated by conditions on the job, circulator bus drivers are on strike and expected to vote on a tentative agreement tonight. WTOP's Mike Morello tells us about our
3: area's latest example of workers banding together and demanding better they were not treated as essential workers by their employer, even though they were told they need to come in, they are.
1: Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty.
3: And I'm Luke Garrett. There's no getting around how
0: difficult the last two years have been on teachers. Now we're learning that many Montgomery County teachers are calling it quits, with a plan to tell the school district they won't be back next year by the deadline of June 1st.
1: WTOP's Kate Ryan has been following the challenges in educating during a pandemic. And Kate, Ironically, on this Teacher Appreciation Week, many teachers are not only not feeling appreciated but are ready to throw in the towel. Tell us, you're hearing from maybe from the union
4: that many of these teachers aren't even retirement age, right? Right. And uh, while I asked for a breakdown, this came out of a conversation with Mark L. Rich yesterday. He hosted it with um, Jennifer Martin, MCEA. That's the teachers' union in Montgomery County. She said that she went to a school was talking to one teacher who she described as a mid-career teacher who said, I'm leaving the profession. Turns around, talks to another younger colleague who says, I'm leaving as well. Wow. The numbers here, the raw numbers, 787 MCPS teachers indicate, indicate that they're leaving. At the same time, last year, those numbers were 537. Mm. Wait, say the first number again. 787 teachers wow. say they're out. Now, here's here's the caveat. That is teachers who intend or say they are leaving. A study that's cited by Education Week shows that intent to leave and actual turnover often don't mesh. Okay. So we don't have an official who's actually filed the paperwork and truly heading for the doors. We did contact Montgomery County. I did hear from them today, And they said they will have information for me on this next week. Mm. And I did ask for a breakdown. When we talked to Jennifer Martin, I said, is this a demographic bump? In other words, we have a lot of teachers who are retirement age anyway. And again, she insisted, no, we have a fair amount of younger and mid-career teachers leaving. And that's always a, a, a great concern. And sorry, who is Jennifer Martin? Okay, Jennifer Martin is the president of the MCEA, that's the Montgomery County Education Association, which represents teachers in the Montgomery County school system. Got it.
0: So is it common for these younger teachers to kind of drop off?
4: Absolutely. A lot of people enter the teaching profession and then find it is far more challenging than they expected, or maybe they're young and they want to start a family and find the the money doesn't make sense for them anymore. Right. Mm. So The number of teachers who have less than five years typically, and this is nationally, tend to leave the profession. And that's a problem as well, obviously, because you have a lot of people that have been trained and now they're leaving. So schools are consistently having to look for new talent all the time. And teachers have been leaving the profession
1: as things have gotten so much more difficult with virtual learning, with the pandemic. Um, I recall Montgomery County saying to maybe substitute teachers or past teachers, hey, we need your help if you want to get back into this. Do you think that's going to be the same situation
4: maybe? I mean, is that what it's looking like? You always look for experience. So it is very common to go to retirees and say, are you thinking of subs? Come on in. And I will say when I taught. Um, A lot of our best substitutes were retirees because, again, they had the experience. They know the system. Many of them get called back to the same school. They're a known quantity. The kids like them, et cetera. And it may be getting tougher. This is what they're all going to have to look at. And um, it's always a concern. It's always a concern for any Um, field. We're seeing it with police officers, for example, concerns about recruitment. Does the pipeline coming in match the demand you know you're going to face when teachers leave? That's always a huge question.
0: And is the hope that, you know, just the pandemic will fade and this lack of attrition will just kind of pick back up in a few years? Are officials just holding their breath, basically?
4: I wouldn't say that. I I think everyone is is doing everything they can, to, to be fair to make sure that they get these positions filled. But I will tell you going back, and again, it's been about almost 20 years since I've been out of the classroom, um, but it's a perennial problem. We uh, People leave, there's attrition, and you're constantly looking mm. to fill those okay. positions. That's why parents should not panic if their school year starts and by September, not all the teachers are hired when they hear that. I know it's it's not reassuring. But generally, it takes until October for all the numbers to shake out and all the hires to happen. Great. Thank
1: you, Kate, for being here.
4: Thank you.
0: And this isn't just an issue in Montgomery County. Teachers have been leaving the job across the region. It's being called the great exhaustion.
1: And we're joined now by the president of the American Federation of Teachers, Randy Weingarten. First of all, thank you for being here and making time for us. And we'll get right to it. What do we know about teacher shortages in the D.C. region going into the next school year?
2: What we know is that there's a bigger problem than there's been in a very, very long time. Meaning in the last five years, we have been, and this is national data, not DMV data. You have about 3 million teachers in in schools across America, public and private. Um, And you have always somewhere around 100 to 200,000 teachers that we're short each and every year. Wow. Also, there's a lot of teachers that leave at the beginning of their career. That's normal for teaching. It's a really hard job. So if you add on top of that, what is going on now, you see a huge shortage in four respects. Number one, just like what you've heard anecdotally from Montgomery County, dependent upon the poll you take, you're seeing between 40 and 60% of teachers mid-career, basically saying this has been a really hard year, um, much harder than I ever anticipated. And I'm really thinking about leaving. Mm. So you saw a little higher Um, retirement rates last year than we had predicted, but you're seeing this year where people expected it to be better and they see that it's much worse. And then on top of that, you have seen over the course of the last 10 years, fewer and fewer people going into teaching. Mm -hmm. So we have pipeline issues in general. We have um, diversity pipeline issues, but equally, if not more important, The people who know what they're doing are not waiting till retirement and are just saying, I just can't do it anymore.
0: And we're seeing this all play out in Virginia. The Department of Education reported last summer that the number of unfilled teaching positions across the Commonwealth has increased by 62%. So with a number that large, what's at stake here? How is this really playing out inside the classroom between teachers and students?
2: Well, it plays out in lots of different ways. Um, Number one, when you have positions that are unfilled, like, you know, what are we talking about? Uh, Teachers who teach bilingual, teachers who teach special needs kids. It's a really important skill. So we don't have enough special needs teachers. We don't have enough math teachers. We don't have enough science teachers. And on top of it, we don't actually bring in enough guidance counselors, enough art teachers, enough math teachers. So Once I say it in this kind of specifics, you can see it. If you don't have an art teacher and you have an art class, you don't have someone who has the real content to bring art alive. Same in Mm. terms of music. So that's what it means. And then it means class sizes get higher. So it has this kind of effect of not being good for kids because you don't have the staff that kids need. And then it's more and more burdensome to the staff that's there. Mm. Let me just say... One of the really important things that have happened this year, which is part of the reason why things are so fraught, is that the powers that be in states, the federal government, they basically said, okay, this is, you know, we're going back to as if this was, you know, September 2019, not September 2021. And you're going to be required to do the same curriculum, um, follow the same testing guidelines, the same pacing guidelines. So what happens if in your class, a kid needs more time? What happens if you have kids, which is what's happening this year, where you know there are some kids who caught up immediately, there are some kids who didn't. What happens when you're heterogeneously grouped and you need to give kids more time mm-hmm. and they're not on grade level? All of this is on teachers, and at the same time, they have to follow the same thing as if it was a regular school year. That, on top of the shortages, is what has made this year so hard, and yet, still, teachers are teaching.
0: So, Randy, what I'm hearing is we're in this historic moment of a teacher shortage across all schools. So, what's the answer here? What's the solution?
2: There's there's a lot of money between still between American Rescue Plan and you know the state and local um, funding that Joe Biden gave every single state. There's still money to hire people if we can find people. What states then have to do and localities have to do is say that they're gonna continue to do this. The the issue really is, is there really a teacher shortage or is there a shortage of jobs that have the respect and dignity that, that we need to have? And frankly, if we could change that so that there was a real alignment of respect, then I think you'd see people come into the profession And most importantly, stay in the profession, because teachers want to make a difference in kids' lives.
0: Thank you so much for your time and and filling us in on, you know, where teachers really stand here and what's at stake.
2: Thank you.
0: And after the break, workers from behind the wheel organized a strike in D.C. We'll talk about why and what they got.
1: If you want to save money and grow profits on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC or refrigeration project, go with the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. You can trust the experience of its workforce, members who have expertise in heating, air conditioning, refrigeration, and process piping to deliver work that's on time and on budget. For a partner you can trust who's mutually focused on your bottom line and to schedule, contact Steamfitters Local 602 at steamfitters-602.org. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602. Changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download Podcast.
0: Megan and I do this show all on our own, and we appreciate you making us a part of your day. If you like the show or have a suggestion, let us know by leaving a review or rating the show.
1: Both of those things help us get better and help us grow our audience. Thanks again.
0: Circulator buses weave through the densest portions of D.C. and Arlington for a dollar a ride. But the red and yellow buses significantly limited their service this week as the drivers went on strike.
1: This morning, the union organizing the strike reached a tentative agreement with the bus company after two days of disrupted service. And WTOP's Mike Murillo has been in contact with both parties here to tell us what's going on. And we're also going to talk about the broader issue of the service in general and how these were, you know, frontline workers and they're kind of fighting for their rights here. Mike, um, to start... It's never really, you know, a light decision, right, for a worker to go on strike. Drivers are risking their wages, their time, possibly their jobs. Mm -hmm. Why did the drivers of the amalgamated transit union local 689 start this strike in the first place?
3: Well, there's a a long list of reasons in their minds, and one of them is the wages, right? Wages for a Metro bus driver, to kind of give you a perspective, is about 25 bucks to start driving a Metro bus. An hour. An hour. $18 an hour if you start driving for the circulator and working for this contractor. So they're saying, well, we need a significant raise here because look at what inflation's done. That's what everybody's talking about. Inflation has raised the cost of living substantially. So they're saying we need that extra money. But there's a lot more than just wages here. There is also some health plan issues that they're concerned about. And also uh, some things when it comes to how they're treated in the workplace. And they Mm -hmm. say, you know, there's cracked windshields, bald tires on buses broken horn. So essentially equipment that's not working well. And those are just a few of the reasons, a long list of some of the things that they say is, you know, at stake here and why they want this next agreement to have a lot more in it. And so how did the company that runs
0: the circulator, Dev, how did they respond to this strike and, you know, claims of bad
3: faith negotiations? I mean, the union
0: has made some big claims that this company is not treating them well.
3: I will say, you know, we've only heard mostly through statements from the uh, contractor here, this mm-hmm. contractor that DDOT hires to run these buses. But they've said that they've substantially increased existing wages in what they've shown the union. Now, this again, to take this back. This is before we reached an agreement. So this hasn't we don't know what's in this agreement. That's a tentative agreement. They say that they put on the table better wages a 401 K match and a medical plan and some of the other things they call for also making Juneteenth a paid holiday. But. Where well, the union came back saying what they offered was still not enough. It didn't put their workers, they say, up to where they need to be, especially with inflation and that sort of thing. And they want to make the jobs more attractive for circulator bus drivers, so right. you know people don't leave.
1: So the vote tonight is that it is that that's the done deal.
3: A tentative deal means essentially now the workers get a chance to vote on what has been proposed from the company here. So. They're going to get that now, probably, I'm sure, a digital format. So we're waiting to see the result of this vote. And then once it does, according to the company, the buses could start working in full capacity tomorrow, as soon as tomorrow. Oh, wow. So that's how quickly things could get back to normal.
1: You know, we've watched nationally that Amazon is dealing with this. Um, you know, they're, they're workers wanting more rights, wanting to unionize, Starbucks. I mean, but this is on a local level and a D.C. level. So mm-hmm. even if you don't take this bus or you don't know anybody who drives this bus, it's sort of the, the going to the great resignation idea these workers want more you know two years ago we called them essential right i mean is that the idea
3: and that's the thing too right covid and the, the one of the complaints from the union is we were told we're essential workers our drivers so they were out working during this you know throughout this while some other companies gave essentially battle pay right during the COVID times. Yeah, times like
1: hazard pay yeah,
3: yeah. The hazard pay for working during those times they didn't see anything they say. So that's one of their complaints as well, that they were not treated as essential workers by their employer, even though they were told they need to come in, they are.
1: Mm. It sounds like it comes down to a respect issue almost as much as it does wages and health care.
3: In the eye of the union, yeah, that's definitely where things stand. Both sides believe they're showing that respect, and that's when now lawyers are working to uh, hammer out there.
0: Mike, thanks for giving us context on this story as the union members really head into a vote. You got it. That vote comes at 6 p.m. tonight, Thursday night. Tune into WTOP for an update on what happens during that vote. And before we go, I got to let you know, Megan, there is a new farmer's market in town.
1: Oh, where?
0: In DuPont Circle. So the DuPont Circle Farmers Market happens on Sunday, but they're adding a second iteration. It's going to happen Thursday, and the first day oh, is nice, today.
1: Nice. Okay, cool. So, I mean, if you've ever been to that before, it is packed. I mean, it's very popular. So this will sort of space it out a little bit, maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. And so the one that's happening on Thursdays now runs from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. and it's going to be every Thursday afternoon. And there are going to be about, like, 15 vendors. The one on Sunday has, like, 50, so it's going to be a little smaller than the Sunday one. Yeah. Um, But it will give, you know, local residents access to, like, just farm food, which is huge, which is really awesome.
1: I have to tell you, there's this thing that um, at the National Cathedral, which has a special place in my heart. I got Mm. married there last Ah, year. It was like, "Ah, I'm going to get all high voice about it, <laughs> but um, this weekend they're having their flower mart, and it hasn't been on for like two years, obviously because of COVID, but apparently this thing goes back to 1939. Whoa. Same idea. There's vendors. I mean, there's going to be all sorts of entertainment, food trucks, different um, flower arrangements made by, di- by different embassies that are around that area, but mm. it's kind of the same idea is that you are going to be a part of your community, check out some local vendors that grow stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Totally support
1: your farmers. And maybe I don't know. It's, I'm interested to see if more people are, are going to be growing their own vegetables and yeah. stuff this year just because food's getting so expensive.
0: That's true. And with supply chain problems. Yeah. You know, local markets, they don't have any supply chain problems. You know, they're right there. Yeah. They bring the food, the flowers from the community. So. You don't have to bump into those either.
1: Yeah, so check it out. I mean, you can find all this information on WTOP.com, but we just thought we'd share it with you, some cool stuff going on around town. We'll see you there. And that'll do it for us. Thanks for joining us for the DMV Download, sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World.
0: Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance, and follow us on social media, where we post content every day from behind the scenes of our show. You can find out more about the podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at DMVDownload.com.
1: VIP is so cool. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and on the WTOP News app. Have a good night, guys.